Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. It's time for the Athletic Insider Report, brought to you by The Athletic, where you can find smart, in-depth St. Louis sports coverage for the diehard fan. No ads, no pop-ups, just quality journalism from an all-star team of writers. That's Alex Ferrario. He's Tanner Hendrickson, and I'm Brandon Kylie. It is BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Very happy to go out to the Brownie and Crouppen celebrity line for the first of what will hopefully be a weekly conversation with the Cardinals insider for The Athletic. She is Katie Wu. You can follow her on Twitter, at Katie J. Wu. Katie, we're thrilled to have you with us throughout the baseball season. How are you doing today? Hey guys, happy Monday. That was a quite a quite a great intro there. Uh, first time I've heard it, loved it. So keep that up. <laughs> this is what we're here for. We're, we're here to please we're here you to on pump a Monday you up, morning. Katie. So Katie, what'd you think about great. the what'd you think about the Cardinals weekend? A big sweep over the Reds. You know, I think it's exactly what the team needed on on all fronts. I don't think that there is a, a, any facet of the game where you could look at them and be like. Hey, you know, that's kind of similar to what we've been seeing. There's been an improvement on all around, whether it's the starting rotation, the offense, the fact that they were able to sweep the Reds. And I know the Reds are are struggling a bit right now, but they're able to do that without Yachty for two games. That says a lot. Um, And I think this team right now is really clicking. Guys are finding their stride. Pitching looks really good. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a, a good time for a turnaround. It certainly seems like they're trending in the right direction right now. You know, last week, Katie, if we were to talk, people would probably be saying that the Cardinals might be the third best team in the NL Central with the Reds and uh, Brewers being in front of them. And then you get this weekend where the Reds are in the midst of a losing streak. You know, the Brewers are winning some games, but, of course, the Cardinals have turned it on. How do you view this NL Central now compared to the first couple of weeks of the season? I, you know what? It's funny. I was just reading uh, our athletic power rankings we release every Monday, and uh, Zach Buchanan, who covers the Diamondbacks, wrote that this is a, uh, a division that's going to take 162 games, possibly 163, to really shake out who the dominant team is. And, and I think that's exactly it. If, if the last three weeks haven't shown you, I think that it's very much going to be a four-way race all season long. Um, and, you know, it is a long season. We talk about it all the time. It's only April. But, you know, with the way the teams are projecting and with the way the division is expected to go, it almost seems like, you know, every game is really going to matter going down to that final stretch. So, you know, we said it before, before the season, we're saying it now, we'll probably say it in September. There is no clear front runner right now and there probably won't be. Katie Wu's joining us here on 101 ESPN. Katie, you mentioned the rotation, but I wanted to focus on the batting order because it was a topic of conversation going into the weekend, especially with Dylan Carlson finally getting the move up. He didn't spontaneously combust, which was wonderful, and he was great (laughs) in the two-hole. What did you see from him over the weekend that stood out to you? 
What has really remarked me about Dylan Carlson, and I'm glad you brought this up because, you know, where he bats in the order is not at all a polarizing topic by, by any means. No, no, not Cardinals fans at no, all. Right? No, no, that doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> since, since pretty much opening day, he has demonstrated this very veteran-esque plate approach. He works counts well. He makes pitchers make the right pitch, and if they mess up, he will reward, he will reward himself. He's very patient. It's hard to remember this guy has, you know, played less than, I don't know, 60 games. It's when you see him in the two hole, he gets that extra level of protection hitting in front of Nolan and and Goldie and Yachty and even Diaz who's been starting to heat up. So he's getting more pitches to hit. So when you combine that with his plate approach and his discipline and the fact that teams have to pitch to him, otherwise they have a really strong three, four, five, six combo that really minus Yachty hasn't hit its stride yet. He's going to hit and he's going to deliver. And I'm, I was glad to see him take advantage of that opportunity. I think the two hole is a really good spot for him. He notches back to back three hit games. He gets on base. And if he's hitting behind Tommy Edmond, who has been just an absolute staple in the lineup as their leadoff guy, that's a very viable threat one through six. So, you know, I, I really I, I like what I'm seeing from Dylan out of the two hole. Definitely. Uh, since we're on the topic of the batting order, Katie, I, I have to bring up the uh, the name that I think plenty of Cardinals fans have voiced their opinions to you about. And that's Matt Carpenter. Uh, we heard John Mosellock talk uh, before the series started on Friday, and he was very uh I don't want to say frustrated with the situation, but he honest. talked to he yeah very honest. That's a great word. Um, very honest about Matt Carpenter really not seeing as much playing time now that they got health in the outfield. Yeah, absolutely. Again, you know, not a polarizing topic at all with Carpenter. No <laughs> one is, has an opinion about him. Uh, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because I, I just had this story hit our site live about 20 minutes ago. I don't even think I had a chance to tweet it out yet. Um, after Mo's comments on Friday, which were honest, right? That is, he was very candid. He was very honest. When, as a media perspective, that's all you ask for. Mm-hmm. He was in no way slighting Carpenter, or in no way trying to dig at, at Matt or trying to lay any low blows. That was absolutely not the the message that was being sent. It was an honest assessment of his performance, and his honest assessment has been that it's not good, which is very true. And there's all these statistics, right? We talk about it. We talk about the shift. We talk about hard hit percentage. We talk about barrel. We talk about the contract. Like, there's all these different elements to Carpenter that makes him so polarizing right now and so frustrating when he doesn't have the results that maybe the analytics say that he should. But in order to to kind of understand what's happening from his perspective, I thought the best way to do that was to just talk to him personally. So, I talked to him. That's on the story today. You can only find those quotes on The Athletic. And he was very also honest and very candid about what he's been going through, how he's been combating these changes, where he stands, how he accepts that he's probably going to have a lack of playing time. He's not going to get as many opportunities. There's so many different elements in baseball, right? So we can kind of get lost in this rabbit hole of all these different elements of just Matt Carpenter and just what Carp can do and what he's not doing. But I thought both parties, Mo's perspective, and Matt's perspective were, were very interesting in the fact that they were honest, they owned it, and nobody seems to know the right answer right now. And, and that's across the board. Schilt said it himself. He said, I don't know what else Carpenter can do in the national series. And that seems to be a reoccurring theme throughout the organization. Katie, and people can find that story over the, at The Athletic now. In your conversation with Matt, what did he say are the things that are 
I don't know. I, I guess frustrating him most because you're right. I mean, you look at how hard he's hitting the ball and it's what you would want from him. Uh, he's not pulling the ball as often as he previously did. And I know that's been a topic of conversation here in St. Louis before. So what are the things that he's seeing in your conversation with him that he said, you know, th- maybe this is something that I could change. Is there anything? You know, he, I, I'm not sure if there's anything he could specifically change because I asked him, has there been like a subtle attempt to do something different and you know we we talk about it from a media perspective and definitely from a fan perspective you know why does he just go the other way why does he stop pulling the ball and it's obviously not that simple so he kind of went into the complexities of of how hitting against the shift and trying not to be a a pull hitter goes against everything he's ever learned as a hitter this is a 11-year veteran he's 35 years old he has made a very respectable living doing what he does at one time he was very very good at it so it's not that he's not trying to do things different. You know, he's always coming into things with an open mind. He's trying to do anything he can to help the ball club, even if that is being relegated to a pinch hit role. It's the fact that the things that he is trying, that he is trying to improve on, haven't been yielding results. That's the most frustrating part. If you look at his numbers, his and I know we talk about this specific set of stats so much, but these are the stats that are supposed to project better results. You talk about his, the, his hard hit percentage and his barrel percentage and his average exit velocity. Those are all so much higher than 2019 and 2020. He has definitely made the improvements and he's clearly seen the ball better when he hits it. So it's, it's again, it's this multidimensional thing of, okay, when he's hitting the ball, he's hitting it hard. He's squaring it up. It's going right at somebody. Um, and it's, again, it's not like he's pulling everything into the shift. He's definitely developed a little bit more of an all, not, not, not necessarily all spray, but he's hitting it to, to, to the left side more than, more than usual. So, but then you go into the whole element of, but that's only when he hits the ball. What happens when he strikes out? Because he's also among league leaders in strikeouts, right? So it's just this whole hodgepodge of different scenarios that, again, nobody seems to know the answer to. And I think that's the most frustrating part for everybody involved. Katie, uh, one more for me, and I wanted to ask you about the uh, the bullpen. We saw a little bit of a scare yesterday, although they did get through it and picked up the victory. But we have something here on BK and Ferrario called the Circle of Trust with uh, with some of these bullpen arms. And right now inside of it is Tyler Webb, Alex Reyes, Giovanni Gallegos, and Jordan Hicks. If you were looking at Reyes and Gallegos these last couple of games, would you keep them in the Circle of Trust? Reyes and Hicks. So I said. Oh, Gallegos. Oh, Reyes and Hicks. <laughs> Apparently I don't know the Circle of Trust, Katie. Reyes and Hicks, right? Um, yes, I would. It's Look, we have to remember that when the rotation wasn't projecting well and they weren't eating innings and they were you know, barely not even getting quality starts, the bullpen had to be maneuvered all over the place. They weren't using the bullpen when designed. They were do- using it when convenient, right? So all these guys had specific roles that they were set up for in spring and that all went out the window when the starting rotation couldn't log past five innings a night. And they were just throwing who was fresh, who's, who's available, go out there, eat some innings for us. Now that the rotation has turned it around in, in a very encouraging way, I must say, I don't think we're talking about John Gant and us. Um, we, we've seen the bullpen kind of go back to the, to the roles that they were initially supposed to be in. So maybe now the, the kind of rust that you see really early on is happening because they're now pitching in, in high leverage situations, guys like Hicks, guys like Reyes. We have to remember that Hicks also isn't being used conventionally in the way that he normally would. They're still, in a way, ramping him up. Right. So sometimes when he's going out there in, in games and it doesn't really matter, you know, obviously in a one run down in the ninth game, they're not going to do this. But when Hicks is out there, they're still ramping him up. They're still getting him comfortable with his four pitches. Like it's similar. Mike Schultz compared it to how starters build up their arm strength. So there's a lot of things 
that the pitching staff and, and the Cardinals are working on with their relievers that goes past just who has the eighth, who has the ninth, right? And they're still obviously trying to incorporate the win. So a lot of different elements there. I'm not ready to, to write off any bullpen guys yet. I still think that's going to be their strongest facet of the game. Just, you know, a little drama, a little nerve, <laughs> never hurt anybody. Everyone <laughs> so loves I think drama. We're all fine there. Hey, who doesn't? Katie, final question for you before we get you out of here. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think you moved to St. Louis last week officially, right? I did. I did do that. What was that process like of moving from California to St. Louis? <laughs> well, guys, let me tell you that I'm doing this this radio call right now sitting on my counter because I don't have any furniture yet. That's good. <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> It's uh, actually, you know, my first piece of furniture got delivered yesterday because it's all in transit. It, it was been a mess. I mean, I should have known that it was going to be a mess when I landed on Tuesday wearing flip flops and it was snowing. And I was oh like, God. okay, oh my clearly, God. clearly did not think this through. Um, but I, I thought it was the perfect way to capture this up and, and to wrap it up was that when I came home a couple days ago, I saw a piece of furniture been delivered. I was like, oh my gosh, please be something useful. It was a cat tree. For my cat, who's not even here yet. So, <laughs> that's where I'm at. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like you'll be sleeping on the cat tree then, moving <laughs> <Yeah>. forward. <laughs> if I'm cranky at the ballpark, you guys know why. Katie, I also I saw your uh, I saw your tweet from the ballpark a couple of nights ago, and uh, take it from somebody who has spent plenty of times up in that press box during Cardinals games. Uh, keep the window up during the game so beetles don't fly in your face. Honestly, if that beetle would have landed on my head, there probably would have been had, like a helicopter that had to life fly me out of the stadium. <laughs> that was an absolutely shocking thing. To <laughs> Katie, we're looking forward to having these conversations with you weekly here on the show. Thanks so much for spending some time with us today. People can subscribe to The Athletic. They can follow you on Twitter as well, at Katie J. Wu. And like she said a little bit earlier, she's got exclusive quotes from Matt Carpenter over on The Athletic right now. Story about his struggles at the plate this year and how he thinks he can correct them. Katie, thanks so much. We'll talk with you again next week. Guys, thanks so much. Looking forward to it.